Hello, and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Beyer. And I'm Len Foote. And welcome to the program. We are broadcasting live from the Jag Bags Gleaming Home Studio in Woodridge, Illinois. Tonight, we bring to you an exciting 60 to 90 minutes of quality entertainment for your hard-earned dollar. We hope we are worthy of your time tonight. Uh, the main topic of our podcast is very simple. We're going to go through our top 10 albums of the year and take you step-by-step step, painstakingly through our expert research. Expert to clinically state clinically why, why we know best. Yeah. Don't listen to anyone else, only us. Amazing insights. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, the kings of auditory criticism. I like I, to call it. <laughs> <laughs> We are now that we have you completely on the edge of your seat. We will first go through our sports and music and entertainment news. We'll go through the week that was in the NFL, in the NBA, college hoops, and the bowl uh, weekend um, in college football. We'll go through Rolling Stone's list of top 500 albums where Len will go through about the 17 or 18 albums that he's listened to over the week while I will go through my Paltry One album <laughs> that I got to before getting to the meat of the show. And that is, of course, uh, our favorite albums of the year. But first of all, before we begin, speaking of meat, uh, <laughs> our brilliant listener, uh, <laughs> Matt Beyer, my, one of the few people that does listen to our podcast. That's not true. We are a hit in in bad Mergen time Germany. Yep. And in Nepal. Yep. But uh, our brilliant listener, uh, Matt Beyer, sent us a uh, article that he got from uh, healthyogi.com uh, about uh, the actor, the an Oscar winner, Nicolas Cage, uh, who we profiled in an earlier podcast episode. I encourage you to listen to that. Uh, you can find our episodes on jagbags.simplecast.com. Uh, the Nicolas Cage episode is one of our more popular ones, but this article talked about Nicolas's Cage's, Nicolas Cage's diet plan and workout routine. And I'm just going to read this um, verbatim. It says, when it comes to a diet plan, Nicolas Cage certainly has a different approach than other actors. He has a rigorous menu, especially when meat is involved. Nicholas has said that he chooses the animals according to how the animals have sex, which is why Nicholas has a fascination with fish and birds. According to Nicholas, they are very dignified with <laughs> sexual intercourse. When it comes to eating pig or other animals that are not as dignified in their sexual practice, Nicholas avoids eating them. 
So it's kind of the opposite of how you chose your ladies in Calvary. <laughs> exactly. There's a yin and a yang. Yep. To uh, Nicholas Cage. He also says drink a lot of water. Very sensible. Um, Dignified. Yes. Dignified animal sex. I think we can all, uh, I think we can all learn something. I uh, need to uh, research this more thoroughly. And uh, maybe my diet will improve. <laughs> Let's move on from that, uh, from that topic. We'll go on to uh, the final week of the NFL season. Can I say this, this might have been one of your best sports weeks ever for you. Amazing. Right? You had, I mean, it really was. I mean, if Northwestern uh, had beaten Michigan in college hoops, it really would have been perfect. Yeah, that was your only real negative this week. Only blemish. Yeah. Uh, but the Browns, uh, it was far from perfect. It was over a team of backups. But uh, I don't care. When you beat your arch rival in a must-win game to get into the playoffs, that's sweet. And uh, Yeah, the Bears wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> the Bears are also in. Our dream and our prediction from earlier <laughs> in the season. Before the season began, we were saying Bears, Browns, Super Bowl. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. It's all falling into place. Uh, the Bears, first of all, let's talk about the Bears quickly. I mean, that was a winnable game. It was. I mean, they, I, the, the Packers, the Packers seem to have a genius on offense for figuring out how to match up a receiver. Aaron Rodgers does. Yeah. A receiver with a, uh, linebacker in coverage because they said they said I read about it this morning he said he saw that the Bears seemed unsure on defense so he figured out all right this guy I know he's got Trevathan on him yeah he processes information so quickly he could change that stuff at the line of scrimmage that's why he's so good right and because they were on him right away the blitz the Whoever, I think it was Duke Shelley or somebody, got in his face right away, but Rodgers knew what he wanted to do, and he got the ball uh, off right away. He got a touchdown. The Bears have never had success blitzing Aaron Rodgers. No, I, I would never blitz him. There's just I would no, never blitz Aaron Rodgers. And plus, their left tackle is out. So you should be able to get in without blitzing. Drop everyone back and exactly get some coverage sacks. Yeah, but... Honestly, though, Rodgers made a couple mistakes. We just didn't catch them because uh, Mingo had a nice play, but I actually thought he should have intercepted it too. I thought, he, I thought he had that. And then um, some, who, some of their other uh, – There was another – There was another well, – Daddy Jackson one some people thought he should have had, but I thought that was, would have been a tough play. I guess he could have had it, but there was another one later. If you could – if you can touch it. Oh, uh, Vindor, I think his name is. is yeah, that yeah. That, yeah. That was right in his chest and he didn't catch it. If right. we would have got one of those, we might have, we had a chance. We had a chance. Right. So it was yeah. better than, I, it was better than I expected. Yeah, they showed some fight and I mean, you got to bring, you, you almost have to play a perfect game. I mean, with the Packers finished, what, 13 and three? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I hate them. Well, they're the best. They're the best team in that. They might win the Super Bowl. I mean, it looks like it could be a. It, it could either be a a classic Super Bowl one rematch of the Packers Chiefs. That would be cool. I think the Chiefs are going to get upset. They they could play in throwback uniforms. Really, I don't see the Chiefs losing again this year. I watched all but two. I didn't watch yesterday, obviously, because that didn't matter. Plus, it wasn't on local TV. But I've watched almost every game, and they don't they don't look sharp. They're too dependent on it's like Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Kelsey, but their other guys aren't getting the ball enough like they were last year. And their last six or seven games, almost all of them were close. And even Mahomes, he hasn't, he's been, you know, he's obviously really good, but he was better last year. I've seen him throw a couple passes this year that were very un Mahomes like. Yeah. So to me, I think a team like either the Bills or the Ravens, those two have a shot at beating the Chiefs. Those are the two I'd be most worried about. Mm-hmm. The Steelers, too. The Steelers. I mean, the Chiefs don't have a great history against the Steelers either. I am not as sure about the Steelers. I mean, I know I I said this. It's easy for me to say, but the Steelers have lost four out of their last five. I was impressed with their receivers yesterday, though. I mean, that's really all they've got. I mean, they've got – they have no running game. The Steelers have zero run game. Um, that was not their backup running back in the game yesterday. They just – they cannot run the football. Yeah. And uh, that Claypool guy looked great for uh, the Steelers. They looked really strong, their receivers. That's what kept them in the game. Schuster, yeah. They made some nice catches. So – Roethlisberger and Roethlisberger has really shown his age. It's like he hit a cliff and dropped off. He was, I watched the Bengals Steelers game. Roethlisberger looked very much his age. Um, Just slow, terrible passes behind. Um, They really dropped off a cliff. And so I I don't know about the Steelers. Uh, Do you think the Browns got a chance against them? Put it this way. Uh, I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, you know, you always want to play a team that's kind of stumbling or not peaking at the right time. I would not say the Steelers are peaking at the right time. Yeah. I would say the Ravens are definitely peaking. Um, the, Bills. Yeah, the, Ravens, the Ravens went from out of the playoffs to possibly being the best team in the AFC the way they've been playing the past few weeks. It's true. So it's they're, true. they're scary. They're like I, what I thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. Yeah, they just waited. They just waited till week twelve to start playing like they should. Right. Yeah, we'll see. I I think that the Browns, uh, they've got to. They can beat the Steelers if they use their running game. They have one of the best running backs in the NFL, and he only got the ball fourteen times yesterday. I did. I noticed that. I looked at the stats today, and I'm like, okay, why did he only get the ball fourteen times? I mean. I, I, I don't understand. I get it. I mean, maybe Stefanski, there's two possible reasons. One, maybe he wanted to keep him fresh for the playoffs. I'll accept that. Two, maybe he wants to, you know, change it up and make Hunt the guy in the fourth quarter. And there's nothing against Hunt. Hunt's had a 
fantastic season, but Nick Chubb is special. God, get him in there. Um, yeah, I mean, they really got to lean hard on that running game. Nothing against uh, Baker Mayfield. Do the Browns have besides Landry? Do they have any other good receivers? Yeah, I mean Hooper. Um, Is that that's the tight end, right? That's the tight end. He's pretty reliable. Bryant was a third, fourth round draft pick. He's he's been a nice little pickup for them. Yeah, Higgins is a favorite target of Mayfield. They always seem to hook up. And sadly, Donovan Peoples-Jones <laughs> is out with a concussion. I mean, he was making some yeah. nice catches too. He's really seemed to spread it around since uh, Beckham went down. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I, uh, they, they can win, but will they win? Yeah, I'll be rooting for them. When do they play? They play Saturday or Sunday? Uh, Sunday night. Sunday night game. Oh, Sunday night. Yeah, I could. I probably watch the second half at least. The Bears, on the other hand, I will well, say I was happy that they're playing the Saints. Yeah. Because out of the top three seeds, that's the one I would like to play the most. Because yes, they can win that game. Yeah, I do. I actually think they could. They match up so much better against New Orleans. And I don't. I don't think Breeze has recovered from his injuries. No. Cause he came back really, really quickly and he's old. He's what? 40, 42. Yeah. I mean, he came back too fast and he's, he's had some games where he looked, he looked pretty bad. So if, if the bears defense can control their, the saints running game, they got a shot. They got a shot. But Mitch has got to to show up. Yeah. The defense has to show up and Mitch has, has to play a decent game. He can't throw dumb interceptions, which he's done the past two weeks. At least he threw a bomb that actually worked for. Oh, <laughs> what a thing of beauty! And Oaken was, Oaken <laughs> was quick to respond. <laughs> that was a, probably the best bomb he's ever thrown. But uh, I'm hearing Mooney might be able to play, but Roquan Smith is out, and that's going to hurt. Ah, that's a big He's loss. been our best defender. Ugh. So if that's a big loss. Mingo and Woods can fill in properly, or else we would be we'll be in trouble. If they don't play decent, then we're, there's no way we're gonna win. Mingo was a very high draft pick. And uh I mean people have said like you know, he could be a star, um, but it just hasn't you know, it just hasn't happened for him. So maybe, uh, you know, now he's in the playoffs. I don't know. Maybe he'll respond and have a good game. And Yeah, he's been – I think he's been decent on the Bears. Yeah. But he's a backup, so we'll see what happens uh, when he plays more. He has the great. He has the greatest first name in sports. <laughs> Barkevious. Barkevious. <laughs> but it worked out. I mean, uh, it, it worked out for the Bears – I would have rather they have won just because it feels better if you win. Right. We got lucky because Kyler Murray was hurt. Right. Or else the Cardinals probably win that game if Murray's healthy. Yeah, they caught a break there. Yeah. But you never know. We'll see what happens next week. Oh, Bears-Browns is going to happen. (laughs) You heard it here first. And when that happens (laughs) – our podcast will go into the stratosphere. People will say, <laughs> even Len did know what they were talking about. 
Where have I been? Yeah. Yes. I will let you sponsor our uh, <laughs> our all you can eat rib takeout night. <laughs> Gale Street Inn on North Milwaukee. But <laughs> hey, are also, you wearing a, what's that you're wearing? Are you wearing a Northwestern uh, look at that? Woohoo! Yes. They didn't have Ben Gordon or Judd Bushler <laughs> or Billy Wagner jerseys, so I'm like, I picked up a Northwestern t-shirt. I have written a strongly worded note to the Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> Three legends, they don't have any of them. I guess They could have been sold out, I guess. Maybe they're they sold out. Grievous oversight. It was after Christmas. They probably just didn't get enough in stock. All right. That's a that's a good fit. What is that? Is that a sweatshirt or a hoodie or what? No, it's a t-shirt. That's it's a t-shirt. t-shirt. Yeah. Did you get match? Did you get matching sw- purple sweatpants? No, I got a, a line eye t-shirt and a Cubs one, nice. and a uh, Bears, a Bears t-shirt. Yeah. So I'm Very ready. Good. I'm ready. Very good. Money well spent. And speaking of other Cleveland miracles. <laughs> The Cavaliers are four and two. Oh my God. That they game beat was... Atlanta, who'd been pretty hot. And they were down 15 in the third quarter. Were they? I mean, they showed a lot of heart. I don't know. I, hey, I tell you what, here are my early thoughts. I, you know, Sexton, Sexton's averaging 26.7 points per game. Wow. And I always thought of him as like a Levine type. Mm hmm. Because he's got to have the ball in his hands. He's not much of a passer. And uh, defensively, he's lost. Um, That's Levine, pretty much. But I've, for whatever reason, I've never minded Sexton because he plays so hard and he gives you everything he's got. And he, you could tell he's like, just his body language. He's always trying to win the game always. So I don't know. I guess I've just never minded Sexton. I'm like, I should hate him, but I don't, I kind of, I'm rooting for him. Yeah. So, and he made some huge shots down the stretch, huge. So he was big Drummond. I have decided I don't like him at all. He is constantly getting out rebounded by smaller guys on the offensive glass. (laughs) Uh, Garland, I like. Uh, he's improved. You can tell yeah. he's improved. Maybe if they both make the leap, that makes it a lot better. Yeah, and Nance. Maybe they're motivated by. Oh yeah, Nance had Nance had like six assists yesterday. Yeah, and he's he's also found a little outside game. They've been trying to get him to shoot threes more, and when he takes them, he makes them. He's just not confident in it. Who's who's their coach? Their coach is J.B. Bickerstaff. How long has he been their coach? Uh, he took over last year after the failed John uh, Beeline experiment. Maybe maybe he's just figuring them out. Could I, be that too. I tell you what, he's got them playing defense. Yeah, I mean. They are playing hard. And uh, they're also probably motivated because <laughs> I was reading Sports Illustrated preview of the NBA season. They said Cavaliers are easily the worst team in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Where was that? In Sports Illustrated. Uh, well, like the worst team and the least entertaining too. 
<laughs> well, before we go too far uh, anointing the Cavs, uh, they're actually four and three. They got spanked tonight uh, in Orlando. Um, yeah, but still four and three. Yeah. You'll take it, right? Absolutely. After I mean, being terrible last year. Absolutely. I mean, and the thing that I like is that, uh, that, that they're playing hard. And uh, last year they were really phoning it in. So um, hopefully that continues. I can, um, and they're improved. So you could tell. Yeah, I think I think the Bulls are going to be better too. The Bulls, they won last night. I mean, they're yeah. healthy because Luka Doncic was out. Right. But uh, I saw the last few minutes of the game and they had a lead and the Mavericks cut it to like two, but they didn't panic. They didn't take dumb shots and they got it done. So that was nice to see. And, you know, three and four is not bad. Well, I they tell got some, you, we had a tough West Coast trip coming up, but I, I think Donovan's already, I, I read a nice thing in uh, Sun-Times today where Donovan basically said exactly kind of what, most of us who watch the games think they're like that. He told Levine, he goes, you can't decide what you're going to do right away. You got to see what the defense is giving you. Right. And that's what Levine always would do last year at the end of games. He, you could tell he's just like, I'm just going to drive to the basket. And everyone on the other team knew he was going to shoot and he'd get a shot blocked or he'd, he'd throw it away or he'd take a terrible shot. And I think Donovan's telling him, listen, don't trust your teammates. You don't have to do the ridiculous hero ball stuff. So that was nice to read. And I, and I figured that cause I think Donovan's a good coach. I mean, at Levi- hopefully they'll, they'll compete for one of those seven or eight seeds. I mean, Levine went crazy in the first quarter. He unleashed a Ben Gordon esque 21 <laughs> points in the first quarter. Yeah. Explosion. Nice is yeah. He had 29 at halftime. And then Kobe White scored 19 in the second half. Yeah. So it, w- it was good. They, they had contributions from almost everybody, and they're missing four guys. Because Sadoransky has COVID, and I think Archie and not, or whatever you say his name. Archie right. Otto or whatever. Yeah, the, the model, Ralph Macchio. Because they, <laughs> they were near him and Markinen and one other guy. Yeah. So that they only have like eight guys, I think. Yeah. So it, was, it was a good effort. Yeah, it was. I really like uh, Gafford, too. I'd like to see him play more. Me, too. I like him. I like He's him. an He's energy good. dude. Exactly, exactly. Which is a perfect guy. A young guy coming off the bench, playing hard. Perfect. Yeah. So we'll see what happens on this uh, West Coast trip, though. That's always tough. Even when the Bulls are good, they struggle on this west coast trip the dreaded circus trip yeah i think it's portland's their next game yeah um you know before we move on to the uh from the nba uh i have to talk about this bonkers book i read (laughs) called second wind it's the autobiography of bill russell uh kyrie irving meet bill russell this book was not, he has a whole chapter on magic and not the player magic Johnson, but just the topic of really? mag- magic. Yeah. 
What is magic? Does magic exist? What if we're playing basketball and the ball goes out of bounds? I mean, I, I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh my god! <laughs> uh, he had some. He had some very. It, it's a. It's an interesting. Uh, uh, he was not. I'm, we're getting into college troops here, but he he was not recruited out of high school. Really? At, like at all? Wow. And um, he did Just not. Just his height alone, you think he would have been recruited? Right. He was what, 6'10? 6'9. 6'9. 6'9. There aren't like tons of tall guys. 6'9, 215. So he was giving away about four inches and 80 pounds to Will Chamberlain. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Pretty crazy. But yeah, he was not recruited and he did not start for his high school team. In fact, now this is. He does Michael Jordan one better, you know the the famous story about how Jordan was cut, yeah, uh, from the varsity team. Russell did him one better. Russell was as a sophomore was cut from the JV team at this high school he went to in Oakland. Cut from the JV team, tried out for the cheerleading team, and was cut from the cheerleading team. <laughs> it's, it's in the book. I was like, this is unbelievable. But uh, yeah, he was, he was not recruited because he didn't start. He only scored in double figures in one high school game. And, but that happened to be a game where an alum from uh, University of San Francisco was at, and he was like, and he went to the, to the head coach at, at USF and said, Hey, I saw this guy. He really you know, has no skills, but there might be something there. Um, and he, when Russell, after he graduated high school, he got onto some travel team and they went all up and down the West coast and into Canada. And he said he learned a lot cause he got to play every day. And when he came back, you know, there was a, a, a tryout waiting for him. And they said, look, the, the head coach wanted to see what he could do. And, uh, and he went and did well enough that the coach was like, well, you're a project, but you are like six, seven and six, eight. You can jump out of the gym and maybe we can do something with you. And two years later, they won a national championship yeah. and then repeated again. And he was the second pick in the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had some cool stuff about the game itself. Like all he did... <laughs> All he did was talk about angles. There are angles to the game, angles, rebounding her angles. He said something like, if you watch a game, half of rebounds are collected either at the rim or below. And I was like, is that true? I would have to watch an NBA game. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the book's yeah, you called- you watch an NBA game. They're good. The bu- Shut up. <laughs> the book is uh, the book is called Second Wind and it's by Bill Russell. I uh, Very entertaining. Um, wanted to share that. All right, college hoops. Well, yeah, so we talked a little bit about Northwestern running because they lost to Michigan. Yeah. And didn't they lose to another ranked team? Iowa. 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 Iowa game, they had a shot in that game. But They're, Bohannon went crazy. Yeah. Half-court trees. <laughs> I know. 
And there was a crucial technical that seemed to really kind of change the momentum of the game. Um, they were down three and that Iowa guy drove the lane and Nance swatted it and then <laughs> talked some trash and uh, got teed up. I thought, what, yeah. what a BS call. You can't yeah, say was. get that stuff out of here. I guess. Not. Yeah, that was, that was not a good call, but they played pretty well that game. They just couldn't, like I said, they couldn't stop Bohan. They did a nice job against Garza. They did. They really they had did. a streak of 20 points. Yeah. Pretty much in every game. And, and they stopped it. They, they held them to, I think 18. So just that alone. So they're, yeah, they're staying in it. But they play the mighty Illini. Oh, here's where the blood gets spilled. (laughs) Yeah. The Illini had a nice game on Saturday. They played Purdue. Yeah. Purdue looked pretty good. And same kind of thing I was talking about with the Bulls. The Illini showed good resilience because the Illini were up, I think like 10 at halftime, just playing great. And then Purdue scored like the next 15 <laughs> and a half. But then the Illini flipped it and ended up winning by eight. And they did it without uh, Deshumu, who's their star. He didn't have the greatest game. He only had 12 points. I think he was like five for 13. Yeah. Other guys on their team, and they have a lot of a lot of guys who contribute too. So I'm optimistic about their chances because they have Coburn, who is their big guy. I still don't like his basketball IQ, but he had, yeah. a, he had a pretty decent game against them. They have a backup point guard who's a great passer. I think he leads the Big Ten in assists, and he doesn't even start. And this guy, um, he's kind of an under radar guy. He's one of their starters, but he's he's kind of a low key kind of guy. Uh, Demonte Williams, he's hmm. making like every three he takes. <laughs> he was, I think, three for five against Iowa, and he plays good defense. He, let, I think, he got the most rebounds on their team that game. And uh, this Northwestern game, it it should be a good one. I think they're both they're both playing pretty well, and it's a rivalry game. So yeah. And they're catching NU at a good time. Cause NU's lost two in a row. And uh, I mean, they were never in that game against Michigan. I mean, Michigan is undefeated. Yeah. And uh, so I guess they can, you know, take a little bit of comfort from that, but um, yeah. NU does not get any time off. They've got to, uh, they've got to come out uh, hard. I mean, they Illinois, Illinois, they're, is playing in Illinois. Second. they're playing Illinois. It's, it's, it's a rivalry game. Illinois is in second they'll, they'll place. Yeah. yeah. It should be a good game. Yeah. I'm going to try to watch that or at least second half of it. I will be texting you nonstop. Do you know who what? the coach of Michigan is? Juwan Howard, right? Yes. Juwan Howard. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, you know, he's having them play well. I don't think they were supposed to be this good this year. Yeah, they're very impressive. Big Ten is gigantic this year. Really are, really are. I do think that the two best teams in the country, Gonzaga and Baylor, they're both playing out of their minds. They're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, Gonzaga is like beat killing good teams. 
So right. uh, the tournament, hopefully if everything happens, the tournament should be great this year. The big 10 tournament should be great this year. Yeah, it always is. But the, the cherry on the top of your sports uh, <laughs> celebration was Northwestern's football team. Absolutely. I mean, listen, the Citrus Bowl <laughs> champions. <laughs> uh, and I was going to ask you about their quarterback. He was a grad school guy. Yeah, I transferred from Indiana. But they said he could possibly play next year, but he hasn't decided. Yeah, I don't understand that. I, hey, Does that it, mean he could go to grad school and he, he still has a year of eligibility? So if he wants to keep going to grad school in Northwestern, he could play another year? I believe so. I believe he could. Because he had a really good game. He, he had a great start to the season, and then he um, kind of petered out. Uh, their, their offense really got stagnant, but he, yeah, looked good against uh, against Auburn. Uh, made good decisions, and um, you know their offense has struggled all year. Um, but uh, um, I hope he comes back because he can only improve. And I don't see him as a NFL ready guy. Mm-hmm. So why not come back? Does uh, does Northwestern have a lot of guys coming back next year? Uh, I think they're going to lose a lot of guys on defense. Oh, and that was how they won this year. Yeah, I think uh, they. that's why they were so strong because that defense had been together for so long. Um, so it might be tough to repeat their success next year. It might be. And the the uh, NU does not have the rich pipeline, but um, – and their and their defensive coordinator is retiring. Yeah, um, yeah. What a way to end it, though. And it was like a four hundredth win he was a part of. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Um, and uh, you know, I have a I have another friend. You know, my friend Kevin and I like to rip on uh, Pat Fitzgerald. Um, but uh, uh, another friend of ours did point out that Fitzgerald. This is his fourth bowl game win in a row. He is by far, he's five and five lifetime in bowl games. I mean, he's, by far he's coached NU to the most bowl games. Now, you know, a bowl game today is not what it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. But uh, Fitzgerald is by far the most successful coach yeah. in Northwestern history. I mean, it's not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, it's not like anyone's it's not like Fitzgerald is up against a who's who of football coaches. No, but he's by far has the longest tenure of any Northwestern coach ever. He's won more games than any Northwestern coach ever. He's got the second highest winning percentage of any Northwest. Well, there was, there was one guy back in 1903, Walter McCornack. The legendary Yes, who went? He went twenty six and five in two three seasons, and then left the team to run his law practice. <laughs> what a legend! He will not. Uh, Fitzgerald will not. Sadly, not catch Walter. <laughs> but uh, I can admit when I'm wrong about. I've I've been really harsh on Fitzgerald, maybe unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. So if anyone can. Uh, 
but then, I mean, yeah, he's got to prove that, uh, you know, when you lose a lot of talent that, you know, you got to reload because that's what the great programs do. Yeah. So we'll see. But it's a great year. Great year. Exceeded yeah. all expectations. Mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns in the playoffs. Unbelievable. Cleveland Cavaliers, four and three. Unbelievable. wins a bull. Soon I will be. 2021 is sweet. Soon I will be completely insufferable. <laughs> yep. You have your solo podcast, <laughs> Cleveland Rules, a four-hour podcast, just you talking about Cleveland sports teams and Northwestern. Let me tell you about the history of uh, starting in 1977. Let's discuss 1903, when, legendary uh, Northwestern. <laughs> Let's talk about Pappy Waldorf's reign. Uh, Four-hour podcast. I love this idea. All right. Well, things keep going your way. It'll probably happen. Yeah, could be. Oh man, I'm just flush with success. I don't know what to do with myself. It's amazing. <laughs> Let's talk about the Rolling Stone top 500 list. Did you uh, fulfill your list? duties or did you uh spend I listened your time? to four four albums four albums how many did you listen to did you listen to any i listened to one okay uh which one did you listen to uh so i listened to the album presenting the fabulous ronettes oh by the ronettes mm-hmm. and i think everyone knows who all of our listeners know who the Ronettes are, but um, this was their uh, debut uh, record, and it's got all—it's got all the hits. It's got "Be My Baby" and "Walking in the Rain" and uh, "Baby I Love You," which is a fantastic tune. It and, you know it's it's pretty much Phil Spector. It's a Phil yeah. Spector record, and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, all the wall of sound uh, things that you would uh, come to expect. You know, I have two notes about it. One, um, is is it a top 500 album? Um, I mean, we're nitpicking. I, I I don't think it's as good as the, the Christmas album, the Bill Spector Christmas wow. album. I think nothing that's against nothing against this record. Mm-hmm. I just think that's how good the, the, the Christmas the Christmas album is fantastic. Yeah, I, I feel like that should be on if we're going to do Phil Spector. Yeah. Um, so that's thought one. And then thought two is they put uh, Phil Spector's uh, Back to Mono, which is like his greatest hits. It's up. It's like a three CD set in here. Yeah, which I uh, it was like a box set. In um, the top 500 albums? Yeah, it's in the top 500. Huh. Which... I mean, it is awesome. Back to Mono is unbelievably great. Um, and uh, I mean, he's just responsible for so many hit songs. Um, but I didn't know that you could put, I don't know what I think about including that in uh, you know, a box set kind of uh, compilation, but it's there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love Be My Baby. I love that song. Yeah, it's uh, uh, this. To, this pre- to it, yeah, presenting the fabulous Ronettes is worth worth a listen for sure. Yeah, 
I don't go deep on the Ronettes, so I I probably just know the two songs. There's there you when when you hear them, you'll be like, oh, I know this song. I've heard this. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'll give it a listen eventually, in 2030 when I'm done going through. This. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun though because I just I mean even the ones I'm not listening to because I know them so well, I'm like, oh, I should listen to that. You know, as I'm right. going through the magazine. Yep. Oh, 10, 10 by Pearl Jam. Such a great album. I'm gonna, that's one of my favorite albums. I'm like, I want to listen to that right now. But yeah, instead, because I am a hardworking researcher, <laughs> my staff, we sit down and listen to them together. We take notes. Eat them bread and water. We had a nice, we had some, some bread and water last night. Good. Went over the four albums. The malnutrition issues have been solved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fine. fine. That was overblown. (laughs) Give me a break. Oh, oh, I'm a little tired because I haven't eaten enough. Fine. No truth to the rumor that they are unionizing soon. Well, if you would stop putting those (laughs) flyers under our door. Look, there are labor issues that... Uh, your uh, staff should know about. Let them decide. But my job is to present both sides of this issue. Why and not your flyers, which say working 20 hours is good for you. <laughs> it is though. <laughs> it is, though. <laughs> it's good to have a work ethic. I was, uh, I know there's trouble in paradise for you though, because Alex's recent arrest for... <laughs> counterfeiting coffee beans. I can't believe you bailed him out. He's been making you coffee that's not what you think it is. These it's charges scandal. These charges are scurrilous and we will have our day in court and I look forward to presenting the truth about how much money beans. were you giving him to get these coffee beans? Uh, that is irrelevant and not material to the larger issues in this case. Um, wow. Particularly, I with, wish I had someone where I would go, okay, you have duped me by giving <laughs> me fake coffee and I will still bail you out and defend you on a live podcast. Alex, Quite the relationship you have with him. I'm, I, I'm just happy Alex is home. Okay. Anyways, so the four albums I listened to, the first one, Great 28, Chuck Berry. Awesome. And that's, it just fits the kind of thing they were doing with the rock and roll pioneers. Yeah. Just put, because they don't really have albums. They're just collections of singles. So this is a good one. It's got 28 early Chuck Berry songs and pretty much almost anything you want from it. Uh, that early part of Chuck Berry's career. So I, I understand why that's on a top 500. Right. What the second one you might be surprised that I haven't really listened to before is Dark Side of the Moon. What? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because I hate, I hate the song Money. Uh-huh. And that's on there. I think that's why I've never really listened to it. Wow. And yeah, the only Pink Floyd album I know backwards and forwards is The Wall. Because the wall was so huge when we were growing up. Right. 
but and dark side obviously i know a lot of the songs just because they're played can't, on, can't escape it you can't and it's a great it is a great album as long as you don't listen to money so <laughs> and it sounds great it's really it really sounds like i don't know there's something about it like even today just i don't know if it's how i don't have the technical vocabulary to talk about it but you know someone smarter than me as far as uh musical lingo would probably uh know what i mean but it's yeah it's really good it's really good and it uh, it's got that history too because it was the album that stayed on the billboard top 200 for the longest for years and years weeks yeah right yeah so just take money off of it i just want dark side of the moon special edition no money or len and i will listen to it (laughs) i will listen to it more i can remember in college you know cds were becoming you know really popular and uh there were guys in the hall who had, you know, they, they would bring in their super stereo with their super CD player and their super speakers. And they'd be like, yeah, man, we're going to yeah, get it now. I get it now. Dark room and listen to dark side of the moon as you've never heard it before. Just a, a great, a great headphones album. I think. Yeah. yeah. Where you just, you know, turn up and, and uh, just hear everything. I think Alan Parsons, uh, who went on to fame uh, was like an engineer on that out. It was like, he's largely responsible for, for that sound. I really like them. I really like Alan Parsons project. Do you like them? Come on. I mean, games, people play. I in the sky. They're very underrated. I think they have a lot of great songs. Yep. Yes. I wouldn't want to be like you. I think an Alan Parsons project bracket is next. <laughs> Only me and you will vote next. <laughs> and Bruce will talk about mailing flyers. You will receive tons of flyers. Flyers about Alan Parsons project? Yeah, and saying stop this madness. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bruce. <laughs> and then the third one I listened to was my second Kanye West album and that is the college dropout yes which is also I I had listened to that one before like my dark twisted fantasy is that what it's called which I loved I I didn't really know anything about I mean I knew it was supposed to be a great album but I didn't really know any of the songs college dropout already knew a little bit I knew I liked it yeah that was more of a kind of like what I did last week I'll listen to it again yeah this is good this is good I like this one Mm-hmm. So I get, I get, and, and I think those are his, t- the top two ones in the top 500 are, of Kanye's are the two that I really like. So they did a good job with that, Rolling Stone. And the last one I listened to, this will also be a little bit of a surprise, is Led Zeppelin 2. Have you never like really listened to that album? I have listened to it, but I didn't. One, I don't think it's as good as a lot of other Zeppelin albums. I will not tell Oaken <laughs> this heresy. Well, let me explain myself. Okay. Well, one one is that 
Yeah, one is, I don't think it's as good as a lot of the other Zeppelin albums. And two, it has two, possibly the two most overplayed Zeppelin songs. Well, technically three. Whole Lot of Love. Jam. And Heartbreaker. Jam. Loving Made. I have heard both of those songs probably 10 million times. (laughs) And I think maybe I don't even like the songs. It might not just be that they're overplayed. I might not even like them. The, the songs I really like on Zeppelin 2 are Thank You, Ramble On, and What Is and What Should Be. Those are, three great, those are three great songs. But the rest of it, yeah. for, my, for my Zeppelin, I want Physical Graffiti, Zeppelin 4, Zeppelin 3, and In Through the Outdoor. Those are ones I want. So I want to make sure that I am understanding you mm-hmm. correctly. Yep. You are telling me that you prefer physical graffiti, the Led Ze- which is technically called Led Zeppelin. Physical is- graffiti is called Led Zeppelin? No, uh, the album that people refer to as Led Zeppelin 4 or their fourth release. Is, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is technically no called. There's or something, right? Yeah, Four Symbols. Yeah, though yeah. so, but I think that the technical name is Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. um, and just they had those four symbols underneath. Um, I tried to explain that to uh, my son Declan, um, because I g- actually got that uh, album on vinyl as a, a Christmas gift, mm-hmm. and uh, which is pretty cool. It's cool cover art, and I was explaining it, and is I think he injured himself rolling his eyes. Uh, <laughs> So he's like, so each band member selected a symbol, really? I was like, yes. <laughs> oh man! I was like, what? I was like, why don't you learn? I grounded him, <laughs> took away everything that he owns. But um, it's out the street now. But um, but so you're saying that you prefer uh, physical graffiti that Led Zeppelin the fourth release and Led Zeppelin three to Led Zeppelin's first two albums. And in through the outdoor too. And in through the outdoor. What about houses of the Holy? Where does that fit? I don't, I don't really like houses of the Holy either. <gasps> I you've changed. <laughs> Although I, I, I'll probably have to go listen to, I don't think houses of the Holy made the top 500. Well, that's an oversight if it did if it if it does i will give it another listen house of the holy oh. but i think house of the holy has dire maker on it and dancing days no not there there is yeah no, dance, that's on there I hate, I hate dancing days i hate that song i mean it's there's nothing wrong with that song and as part of the terrible. whole no it's not <laughs> terrible Dear this Maker, is, I can see. This is the debate that our listeners come for. <laughs> I will say to you now that Led Zeppelin had a nearly flawless discography. Flawless. You're a big Presence fan? Uh, well, when I say nearly. Coda. First of all, Presence is good and Coda, Coda. is okay. <laughs> so not flawless. <laughs> I said nearly flawless. I said nearly flawless. Eight out of ten albums are flawless i disagree oh we are going to have a zeppelin podcast we do we, we're gonna to have to have one i agree we're gonna and we're gonna we're gonna have some guests 
Yeah, that'd be a good one to have a guest. Yeah. I get yelled at a lot. <laughs> well, bring up bring an ally. I'm sure there's people out there who <laughs> No, I don't mind getting yelled at. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. That should be good. Okay. Yeah, so those were the four I listened to. Um I was a little under I think last week was seven, so I was under two. I the last week I really uh, extended myself and listened to two. <laughs> Got a lot of compliments on that. <laughs> I did. I did. Didn't want people to expect it though. I want it to be a surprise. So yes, back to. Uh, well, should we get to uh, uh, the heart of our podcast, which is uh, our our top 10 favorite albums of the year yeah let's do it all right do you have any uh honorable mentions or uh, albums that it was tough to yes to leave out what are those i have first of all i did some stats oh boy i listened <laughs> no not a lot of stats <laughs> i listened to 70 albums whoa and i have I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have 10 honorable mentions. Wow. And there's at least three albums that I have either only listened to once or need to listen. Actually, more than three. Like ACDC album I haven't gotten to yet. Did you listen to that? Once, and I actually, I, I, I liked it. I definitely liked it. I, uh, it's not then, top 10. No? And it's not honorable mention but only one listen though one listen yeah i didn't hate it i, did I don't think it. you could judge enough from one listen the mccartney the, album right the mccartney album i only heard once and can't Me too. I, I need more listen i need yeah. more required more listens required the springsteen album i've only listened to once and i really like that that made my top 10 yes that one we'll, we'll talk to that in a minute but i will definitely listen to that a few more times because i really enjoyed it just in just one one listen yeah. Also, uh, there's what's the other? There's a couple other ones that I haven't gotten to. Uh, uh, I don't see them right now. But uh, my other top honorable mentions: Hot Spot. Hot Spot. The Pet Shop Boys. Ooh. What's funny about the Pet Shop Boys is way back when. Uh, right. West End Girls and all that when they had their biggest album. I didn't like that stuff, but when I listened to it later on, I enjoyed it. And this album this year is—I like it. I think it's pretty good. Almost made almost made my top ten. Have to check it out. And Unraveling by the Drive by Truckers. Mm. A lot of artists who had their albums recorded last year had songs about mass mass shootings or school shootings they have a song called thoughts and prayers i liked a lot oh nice on spotify i have a playlist my best of 2020 and that's my username's lenfoot all small case if you want to check that out and then this one really surprised me. Perdita, Stone Temple Pilots. So Stone Temple Pilots, still together, yeah. without Scott Weiland, really liked it. 
really enjoyed it. I, uh, I've been meaning to get to that record and I think I just had a little mental block. Uh, but the, um, I really like, I think that the, all their songs were written by those two brothers, DeLeo, last name is DeLeo. And uh, I thought their first four records were as good as any um, of their era. So I've been meaning to check it out. So yeah, that's cool. very cool. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of bands from the 90s released, released stuff this year. Yeah. Even the 80s, because you had... Huey Lewis had his, and yep. it's probably his last album because he's having those problems. I don't think he can sing anymore. Yep. And it's real short. It's called yep. Weather. This didn't make my, I liked it, but I didn't put it on my honorable mention. I liked it's it too. Real, it's only like 30 minutes long or something. It's real short. I liked and it too. Ozzy Osbourne, The Strokes, Nora Jones, uh, just all sorts of Bush Bush had an album that's good. Oh, did you listen to it? Yeah, it's good. Bush is underrated. It's, it's a good album. Bush took a lot of heat, but I did not mind their big album, what, 16, uh, 16 Stone from the yeah, 90s. Yeah, yeah, I, I, like, I like that album. Yeah. Bruce Hornsby. And did I put it on here? Oh, she should have made my honorable mention or my top ten. I didn't. I overlooked it. Uh, Alanis Morissette. You really went in, into the nineties. They all had albums out this year. It's, it's crazy. Yep. And uh, you know who has? Oh, here's another person I, I didn't listen to yet. Gordon Lightfoot. Did you know he had an album this year? I did, and uh, I liked it. I liked solo. It. I, yeah, I wouldn't. I liked it. Um, Actually, it's funny you say that because that led me down a Gordon Lightfoot uh, <laughs> rabbit hole. Uh, but um, but I boy, I tell you the the one album that I just think is uh, just fantastic, and I'm so glad it was that solo album. But his album Sundown, um, I think, is flawless. Just great. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. I have a greatest hits of his I listen to all the time. And Lisa Loeb too. Lisa Loeb, another person from the 90s. You, you I went... didn't listen to hers yet though. I didn't listen to hers yet. I, oh, just I, noticed, I just noticed that she had one. She had a record out. Yeah. And my next one, my next honorable mention is Silver Landings. Mandy Moore. Hey. I might have, I don't know, if, I think we talked about that a little bit that it feels almost like a 70s album those are the favorite those are my favorite kind and i've listened to that a few times and that again that was a surprise too i didn't you know man anymore i randomly just decided to listen to it and i'm like this is pretty good yeah and as i continue to shock you <laughs> you're shocking friend, me every day <laughs> our friend from pavement uh. <laughs> Stephen Malkmus released an album called Traditional Techniques. <laughs> really like it. And I've listened to Pavement albums. I listened to one of his other solo albums, and I've never really liked any of them. <laughs> this album is really good. Or maybe 2020, I was just starved. And <laughs> <laughs> it finally clicked for you. All the, all the uh, ambivalence 
and uh, resentments towards pavement and Mr. Malcolmus <laughs> finally found its release. I opened my heart to Stephen. <laughs> you know what? It's good. it's good. You came to him. He didn't come to you. You finally came to him. <laughs> give it a listen. Let me know what you think. I will. I will give Do it a, a listen. whole Malcolmus podcast too. After our Zeppelin one. I have resolved to, uh, because pavement d- dominates the top 500 Rolling Stones, top 500. <laughs> I'm like, geez, I better give Pavement another listen, another yeah. try. Uh, so, <laughs> God, yeah, I think geez. I think my next one's in your top five. Reunions. Ah, really great, good. great. Yes, so nice to have a great Jason Isbell uh, record again. Um, I didn't because I, I thought I thought his last two a lot of his stuff. I do, yeah. It, this his is the album, first one I ever listened to him by him. Oh, uh, the album that I would recommend the most is Southeastern. Southeastern, yeah, which I think was 2015 or 14. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, this one was really good. Yeah, this is in its class. I really I liked Southeastern so much that I was like, all right, I'm going to buy the. Um, the next one after that. And I think that his uh, release after Southeastern was called something more than free. I want to say, yeah, something more than free, which was not as good is okay. Had its moments. And then he he put, he's pretty prolific. I think he put out one or two more albums after that, that I was kind of like, Oh, not as good. Not as good. So yeah, I just I thought know, I didn't realize you were deep into the Isbell. Yeah, I'm a fan. And yeah. and with reunions, I I basically came to that album and was like, well, I'm I'm buying this more out of loyalty than like real um, you know, genuinely looking forward to it. But uh yeah, it, it was real solid, real solid. And then continuing the 90s trend, all visible objects by Moby. Oh Jesus God. Big surprise. I feel like we're back at Ginger's Ale House. They're, they're uh, all good. Ashland and Grace. <laughs> Speaking of Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> I just told I just said that to Laura. I said it in the 90s, the two I say the two most played bands at Ginger's were Stone Temple Pilots and Pearl Jam. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every time I went there, I would hear tons of their songs. Yeah. Those are the hits from the juke. Agreed. Agreed. A lot of that, a lot of Soundgarden. And uh, I feel like I didn't hear as much Soundgarden. Oh, uh, Super Unknown was played constantly. I, I remember it. Oh, I, feel, I feel like, well, I don't know. Uh, another one was, <laughs> um, well, yeah, the Moby one. Again, it was almost just like kind of a random thing. I put it on. I'm like, this is pretty. This is pretty good. <laughs> Even though he's in hiding because he's embarrassed because he said he had a relationship with Natalie Portman, <laughs> and Natalie Portman was like, nope. Plus, <laughs> 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 I was 19 when I met you. Uh, public humiliation. Nothing like a little public humiliation. Yeah, that was rough one for the mobster. Poor Moby. Probably hurt the sales of his album. And then I don't know if you've heard of this guy. He's a country guy too. Brett Eldridge. Have you ever listened to him? 
No. He has an album called Sunday Drive. Nice. That I liked good. a lot. The title song's really good. And At Eldridge. Yeah. And we're even moving back to the 80s now. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Made of Rain by the Psychedelic Furs. Oh my God. They put out a. Uh... Yes. Do you like Psychedelic Furs? I uh, I saw them in the eighties. Me too. Um, One of the best concerts I've ever seen. And it was we'll a do great our show. top ten concert podcast. It'll be on. It'll be in the top ten. It was a great show. I wouldn't say it was top ten, but I for me, I really for me it was. It and was I'm a great correct. show. Great show. At the Riviera, did you see him at the Riviera? I don't remember. That was my freshman year and I wasn't familiar with it. Was either, it was one of those. It was either Aragon or the Riv or one of those down in Uptown. They um, got bigger though because I think I saw them. Actually, no, now I want to say that it was might have been up in Evanston at the <laughs> basketball arena that we saw them. Yeah, they'd probably gotten a little bigger because I think when I saw them, it was before heartbreak beat and maybe even their pretty in pink song was wasn't even out yet right i saw them right before they were going to get even bigger and it was great but this this album it sounds like classic psychedelic first i'll have to check it out and my final one is another old timer (laughs) (laughs) is morrissey another Mm -hmm. scorn Another scorned person this year. Man, <laughs> you went totally like 90s war heroes. Yeah. His conservative politics Ugh. are upsetting people. Yes. And that album's called I Am Not a Dog on a Chain. And I like that one a lot too. I just, I've never liked, there are Smith songs that I really like. And uh, our friend Kevin is a gigundous uh, Smith's morrissey man yeah Um, he had all the albums and uh, that's how i got to know their um, discography um i've I've, I've always liked the smiths more than morrissey solo yeah i'm more of a dabbler in morrissey the queen is dead is one of my favorite albums ever though yeah good album real good album but let's move oh wait before i get to the top 10 my (laughs) (laughs) I have to mention my favorite lyric of the year. It's by Tim McGraw. <laughs> and it's, I stopped off at a Texaco for a Slim Jim and a Coke. So, uh, it's like bravo, he's reading. Bravo, like he's, Tim McGraw. <laughs> it's like he's reading your mind. <laughs> we welcome you to the podcast, Tim uh, <laughs> Tim, if you need uh, any type of advertising <laughs> for your music, we will we are we our rates are reasonable so that's it let's let's go to our top tens now why don't you start since i've been talking the most yeah uh well my top 10 uh we talked we touched on it briefly but my uh top 10 my number 10 album was letter to you by uh, bruce springsteen i i thought it was his best album in a long time just really really good um he repurposed some old songs that just didn't make the cut uh, I think wh- while he was um, for his first two records and he saved them and yeah, I, I he brought back I was two just, or three of them. Mm-hmm. I this. was just going to say that because 
<laughs> one thing Springsteen always does, every album has a song about uh, where he uses a girl's first name. Yeah. And this one, it's Janie Needs a Shooter. Right. So I'm like, what does that mean, Janie Needs a Shooter? Uh, the lyrics are really weird. It's like about a medical procedure. And uh, <laughs> uh, don't ask me on that one. Well, I got no, I actually Googled it, and it's basically she just needs the right man, is supposedly what the song is about. I don't really get it from the lyrics, but and it, it's like just what you were saying that was a song from 1972. Uh, you could tell, I mean, it's very uh, from that era, just the way the the, the, the way it's written and the. Uh, he has such interesting song kind of structures and what he does, you know, with them, you know, just like he doesn't do like, you know, verse, verse, chorus, verse, verse, chorus, bridge, you know, he does, in, he plays with all that stuff and, um, or he did back in the seventies and kind of went away from it. But this one definitely felt like a, um, a from that, from the seventies. Um, I think the it's whole more, album, I thought the whole album was terrific. I think it's one of his best albums in possibly in the last, you know, 25, going back to the nineties. I'm trying to think of an album that I liked uh, better than uh, letter to you. I mean, going back and I, I possibly made it back to tunnel of love. Really? You like it that much? I don't, like I said, I only listened to it once, but I really liked it. It's more yeah. rocking than anything he's done in a while. That's for sure. It's some great stuff. My favorite tracks are uh, Burning Train, uh, Rainmaker, and uh, and the title cut, Letter to You. Yeah, I like Letter to You a lot. I put Ghosts on my best of 2020. Excellent. Excellent song. Yeah. If I Was the Priest, great. Yeah, that one too. Those were the three I really like. Letter to You, just from initial listen. Letter to You, the Priest one, and Ghosts. Yeah, it's I those, to me. Those, it's, those stood out right away. To me, it's solid. Yeah, he hasn't lost it. So it's great. It's great to have a, a good Bruce yeah. Springsteen album. Yeah, yeah. I will listen to that a few more times. My number ten was a dance album called "What's Your Pleasure" by. <laughs> Jesse Ware. Have you heard that one? I, I hear nothing but great things. It's and, really good. Uh, and my Jesse uh, enjoys the Jesse Ware. Yeah. I put two of her songs on my best of. And you give it a listen and we'll talk about it. Okay. I'm on it. What's your number nine? So my number nine is from the uh, band Guided by Voices, speaking of the 90s. And um, the album's called uh, Surrender Your Poppy Field. <laughs> and uh, it's just good, lo-fi, hard rock. Uh, I mean, this Robert Pollard is the main guy in uh, Guided by Voices. And he just kind of keeps his head down and makes these albums. They kind of fly under the radar. And they're really nothing more than just good, solid, just, you know, turn up the guitars really loud and, and go to town with, with like a kind of a pop kind of feel to it. And uh, 
and he just puts out album after album, kind of the low minimum fanfare. And uh, I just, they actually put out two albums uh, in 2020. Um, you know, what else were they doing? Um, but, uh, and Mirrored Aztec was the other, which I liked almost as much, but I really um, preferred Surrender Your Poppy Field. But Guided by Voices, um, they, they have a Greatest Hits album. You can start there and... Um, yeah, I, they're they're a band I've never listened to. Yeah, uh, their greatest hits. You can start there, and there's a lot to uh, to choose. They've been around forever, um, but uh, yeah, I thought uh, this album really just more of the same. It's just I'll always listen to a Guided by Voices album, and um, more often than not, I put it in a top ten list of mine. Just great. Yeah, they're they're definitely under the radar. I like I knew Robert Pollard, and I've heard of them, but I've never heard people talk about them enough where I was like, okay, I'll give them a listen. Yeah. I think you'd like them. I mean, there's nothing really, you know, weird or, um, you know, unusual about them. The only thing unusual is in there. They kind of were do it yourselfers. So the production value isn't all that great. And in the, some of their first albums, their songs are like, you know, barely two minutes long. So, but I don't mind that because it's short. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're really not inventing the wheel, reinventing the wheel at all. It's pretty much straight ahead rock. It's good. That was my oh, yeah. number. That was my number nine. Um, their their greatest <laughs> their greatest hits album is called "Human Amusements at Hourly Rates." <laughs> <laughs> Just for the title alone, I'll listen to it. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I'm uh, curious to get your take on it. Yeah. Although, if you didn't like Led Zeppelin too, I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried. But you won't have heard this at 10 million times, so I have some hopes. Yeah. The uh, my next one is Future Nostalgia. Oh, wonderful. Dua Lip. Uh, I I feel like uh, there's two great songs on there, and the rest of it's good. I feel like if there was maybe one more great song, I would have had it up even higher. Cause I know you, you have it up higher, but definitely, yeah, definitely really good. And she's like a critical favorite. I feel like out of all the top 10 lists, there's three, three people I see on, on almost all of them. One is her. Yeah. The other is Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. And Fiona Apple. Right. Those are the three critical favorites this year. Yeah, I uh, and both uh, Dua Lipa and Fiona Apple are on mine. Uh, yeah. Top top ten. Uh, and Waxahachie, have you ever listened to them? I saw that. I haven't gotten to it yet. I've listened to a couple of their albums, and they just they don't really do it for me. But critics love them. Yeah, it's you know, there's so many like critical darlings that I just don't yeah. understand. Yeah, some of them just kind of. Like Phoebe Bridgers, I, I listened to her album again today. Yep. And the last song on the album, This Is The End, that's really good. I like that album, that song a lot. But the rest of it, the rest of it's just okay. Right. Right. So, sometimes the stuff the critics pick is a little too sleepy for me. Well, I mean, it's, uh, and, and it also depends. There are certain, you know, critics, you know, that I trust. And others, um, you got to take them with a. To me, yeah, you have to take them with a grain of salt. 
Yeah. Like NPR. I'm like, uh, anytime NPR is like, this album is life affirming. I'm like, Ugh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I looked, I looked at a, a lot. Like Onion AV Club, Spin. Yep. Vulture, just a lot of different ones. And, and I think everybody had Fiona Apple. Like every single list had Fiona Apple on there. I did. I, I didn't. That one I agree with. I thought it was just great. What about what's your number eight? So my number eight is a bit of a controversial choice because um, it's a reissue. But there, <laughs> I think it more than makes up for it. It's the reissue of Prince's uh, 1987 album, Sign of the Times. But it is a super deluxe <clears throat> version of it. There are 63 new tracks that were never released um, that are on this uh, album. 63. And um, so it is just so much to go through. I haven't really, you know, obviously I haven't gone through all 63 songs in, you know, but there are, so I've, I've kind of gone through them and just picked out the ones that I've liked best and put them onto a, you know, kind of a mini playlist. But there are a couple that I am like, I can't believe he didn't release this. I mean, yeah. this, I mean, incredible, just great. I listened to, I didn't listen to the humongous one. You, you must've got bought. I listened to one. that's just like an extra CDs worth of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that stuff was really good too. But it wasn't sixty-three songs; it was just like a, a dozen, I think. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I, I really couldn't get through to it all, and so I just kind of like went through and just sort of, like, I listened to the whole thing. I was like, oh, I like that, and I was like, I'll get to the others later. Um, but uh, I'm kind of surprised. I'm kind of shocked that it hasn't gotten more fanfare. First of all, I can't believe that the guy recorded sixty-three songs from that entire. <laughs> I mean, God, being in Prince's band or working for him must be like being on Len's podcast writing staff. Just, you know, you're just not allowed to sleep. Get up. I got another idea for a song. Oh, God. Yeah, his vaults might be infinite. Unbelievable. Full of music. But I, yeah, I think that counts, though, because it's, it's all, so much of it's new to you. Never heard it. I, 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 I'm, I'm shy. Once again, he's, he's being disrespected. Um, just like uh, just like the Neil Young one that came out this year, yeah, which is also good. I, um, I, yeah, that made my uh, that that made my honorable mention. Yeah, because uh, I mean, I think the only song I was familiar with on that one was "Love Is a Rose," right? But th yeah, that's a good album too. I would have uh, that could have made my list, one of my lists too. Yeah, that's my number eight. What was yours? Yeah, that, that's that's a must for a Prince fan. That deluxe edition. Absolutely. If you are a Prince fan, get this. Yeah, this one will amuse you. <laughs> American Head by the Flaming Lips. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Flaming Lips. I do too. This is their best album since uh, Yoshimi. I feel like they've gotten weirder as they've gotten older. This is the all drug. Oh, listen to these song titles, Beef. You and Me Selling Weed. <laughs> At the Movies on Quaaludes. 
And mother, I'm on LSD. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! It, it's your ultimate album. The perfect I, album to move around in a plastic ball in. <laughs> it's really good, though. I listened to it again today. I like I, it. Their, dis, their releases uh, for this past decade, I've really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I've been meaning to get to it and just haven't... Uh, I haven't gotten to that record, but now I'm really gonna. Yeah, you'll definitely you'll definitely like it. Check it out. Yep. If we can ever get together for concerts ever again, uh, I saw them a few years ago at Riot Fest, and uh, absolutely just awesome. Yeah, yeah. they put on a real <laughs> good show. <laughs> uh, I would. I'd go see them. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's your number? So that was your number eight, the Flaming Lips. Yeah, so you get, we're up to your number seven. Uh, number seven is a country kind of record called uh, "The Balladeer," and uh, the artist is Lori McKenna, and uh, she is one of those uh, Nashville songwriters that worked for years, kind of writing hits for others. She wrote a lot of, um, not a lot, but she's um, you can see her on like Faith Hill Records and just as a Nashville songwriter um, and other big stars. Uh, but she's kind of uh, pursued her own career. And uh, this is uh, her third straight album that I think is just terrific. She's just, the thing about her music is that she just really has an ear for that just good pop hook. Just the chorus, the hook, it just draws you in. And um yeah, she really just knows what she's doing. And uh, um, yeah, this this one's called The Balladeer. It's just it's just great country music. Just And it's not, it's like, it's, uh, but it's almost kind of like pop too. Um, anyway, it's uh, really We're terrific. Not, is it, it's not overproduced like some of the country albums? I don't think so. I think the songwriting is too strong. And uh, I, I don't, I don't consider it overproduced. It's yeah. definitely, you know, 2020 kind of, but it's not like a Eric Church or you know, kind of stuff you hear. Yeah, on like the radio, like, like Tim McGraw. Despite my affection for his lyrics, yes, and, yeah, uh, they, we need to, we need to hire a, a new producer to equal his amazing lyrics. I but, listened to an, no, nothing like that. What? Oh yeah, I listened to a country album by a guy named Dustin Lynch that has all the negatives to country music these days. Just really overproduced and cliched lyrics, and I was just like, I don't need to listen to this one again. No, I she so she has uh, so this the balladeer is um, is this one that made my top ten, um, and then she's got uh, two, the two. Before that, <clears throat> that I really liked were uh, The Tree, uh, and that came out in 2018. And then uh, the one before that is called The Bird and the Rifle, and that was in 2016. All really well, good. I'll start with Balladeer, and I'll let you know. Yeah, I really liked it. It's just, uh, like, again, it's, it's more like Americana, even. Um, yeah, I like that kind of stuff, so I probably I'll probably like it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. That's my number seven. My number seven is music to be murdered by. 
And like the drive-by truckers and a couple other artists I talked about earlier, he has a mass shooting song. It's really good on it. And he's He's really energized on this one. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I was surprised. I, I kept looking at it today and I was like, you know, I got to put it on there. I really liked it. It's one I, I've gone back to. And uh, he's, I don't know, part of it might be the familiarity thing that seemed to have influenced my list this year. But also, I think he, he just got re-energized for this one. Because he even came out with a deluxe edition of this album recently. I mean, it came out early in this, early this year, or last year, 2020. And I think he liked it so much, he put more tracks on it and released it again, like a, a you know, with this deluxe edition. What's I your views on him? Do you like any of his stuff? Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, Declan is. Uh... My son Declan is is into him. Well, he's kind of fascinated by him. He's it's one of those guys where he likes to get his music and then listen to it and say, "What a piece of shit record this is." <laughs> I'm gonna listen to it again. But we'll have, uh, to, we'll have to have Declan on for our Eminem podcast. Then. Yeah. Oh God. I he he told me he goes, "Well, what's your podcast topic tonight?" And I was like, "Len and I are gonna go through the best albums of 2020." He's like, again, he injured himself rolling his eyes. He's like, oh, that ought to be just great. <laughs> that kind of hurts my feelings because I thought I was in our demographic. I really, I said, you mean you wouldn't be interested in a Alanis Morissette album? Declan, let's put some milk mist on for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I even said, I go, Declan, because uh, he hates Bruce Springsteen, hates him so much. And I was like, hey, come on, this new album's really good. Uh, are you going to talk about Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess Declan's not in our live audience today. Too bad. <laughs> Declan uh, uh, will not be participating. When everything opens up, if again, if any of you want to be part of our live audience, let us know. You are cordially invited. Yes. As long as you are respectful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so no Joe Di Maria. <laughs> All right, what was your number six album? You, your turn. Number six. Oh, my turn? So yeah. my number six album was Rough and Rowdy Ways by Bob Dylan. Um, I didn't think I would ever like another Bob Dylan again album again. This is really good. Really good. Um, first of all, his voice sounds great. And uh, and uh, so that was a big surprise. And um, the music is just kind of like solid kind of blues almost. Um, and, uh, I mean, he can't help himself. He goes for, uh, the, the, like the, you know, the 9 million minute long track. This one's about the Kennedy assassination, uh, called murder most foul. Um, I mean, if you really are not into that, you can just skip it. And, um, it's the last song on the album. Uh, that's excellent. 
I was... I'm the opposite though. I think I think Murder Most Foul is the best song on the album. Oh, is that it? Did this make your top ten? It no, it didn't make my top ten, but I did like it. Yeah, and I think Murder Most Foul is a great song. I mean, Me obviously, too. it's a 15 minute song, so you have to be in the mood to sit down and listen to a 15 minute song. But I think that's the most, to me at least, that's the most affecting song. And Easily. I think the rest of the album to me sounds like it sounds like a Leonard Cohen album to me. Yeah, right. Like the kind of almost apocalyptic kind of thing. Right. That's what it felt like, at least to me. I just listened to it again on uh, Sunday. So it's kind of fresh in my memory. I listened to it today and yeah, really, um, I was confident in my top 10 choice for he it. He does. You're right about his voice, though. His voice does sound really good on this album. Uh, I Big shock. Yeah, he so, was on a, he's on a ton of top 10 lists, too, for this. Yeah, and I, to me, deser- deservedly so. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I have no problem with it with it being on those lists. Bob, uh, Bob is relieved that you <laughs> are accepting. I call him. I call him Z. That's how he I told me. I talk. He told me. He said <laughs> he it's better me. than it's better than Zimmy. I, I mean, I asked him repeatedly. Please do not call me Zimmy. <laughs> no, no, no. We just shortened it for texting purposes. <laughs> Convenience. Are, are you ready to go back to the 90s beef for my uh, i haven't gone there enough uh this uh, <laughs> let's do it again hurry up and wait by soul asylum oh my god i was just thinking about them the other day my number six wow really good album Huh. They they also sound like they haven't aged dave perner he's he's in strong voice in it uh, good. I mean, if you like Soul Asylum, do you like them? I liked. Uh, what was the big album from the nineties? Um, Grave Dancers Union. Yeah, I saw them uh, at the World, and uh, they opened for Wait for It, the Spin Doctors. <laughs> yes. Oh, the shame. Oh, shame. I can. Michael. I can. I can uh, there's a girl I liked. And she's like, I got tickets to Soul Asylum and the Spin Doctors. I was like, yay. Uh, The whole evening was a failure in every way. (laughs) Probably best. Oh, you got to see Soul Asylum. How was Soul Asylum? They were great. They were great. Yeah, I really, I really liked them. Yeah. So I wish I didn't even. I was like, Soul Asylum is another, you don't hear about some of these bands that were, you know, they had their nice little run of, if they only have a run of like a couple albums and, but they're guys who just like to keep recording now, you don't really hear about their new stuff unless you're really looking for it. Right. Right. This one, I don't even know how I found out about this one, but it, it's really, it's, it's, it kind of reminds me of Grave Dancers Union. Hmm. And yeah, I like it a lot. I'll have to check it out. Um, I'm sure Declan's big into Soul Asylum, so you can let him know. Let him know I picked it number six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will. Uh, I'll. I will let him know. I've. Uh, I've shared my top five with him, and uh, um, and he was. He's like, still oh. collecting his eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. They fell out. <laughs> uh, 
my number five uh, album was Reunions by Jason Isbell, which we discussed. I've just really enjoyed it. Great record. Yeah, good stuff. My number five is The Waterfall 2 by My Morning Jacket. Oh, man. Now you're getting, you're, you're moving up decades. Yeah. <laughs> I've always liked them. They're, um, I'm trying to find my favorite. Yeah, The Waterfall. There's, they have an album called The Waterfall that came out in 2015. And this is the sequel to it. But I actually like this one better than the first Waterfall album. And one of my favorite albums ever by them is called Evil Urges. Have you ever listened to that one? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not a My Morning Jacket guy. I mean, what was the one album, Z? Yeah. And I was like, eh, whatever. But it's just my... <laughs> <laughs> I dismissed them. <laughs> You don't like off the record. Yeah, now it's Joe D. Maria's turn to roll his eyes. <laughs> I'm sure he is hanging on our every word. What about Golden? Do you like the song Golden? Uh, it's all right. That's a great song. I don't know. It's but, great. Beav has put on his Lester Banks cap. <laughs> all of you, as we're listening. I have but integrity. Evil, I know we're talking about this year's album, but Evil Urges is, it's just a lot of different type of music. It's not, I mean, you you, you probably haven't listened to much of their stuff, but it's yeah. it's fantastic. It's one uh, of maybe my, I'll, I'll have to reevaluate. Definitely I mean, I one can... of my, it would make my top 500. When I do my, when I unveil my top 500, <laughs> the Evil Urges will definitely be on there. And the waterfall too. I don't know if the waterfall too will make the top five hundred, but it, it, I liked. I enjoyed it. It made your top ten for this year. My number five for two thousand. What was your What was your number four? Uh, your turn, sir. Oh, uh, mine was uh, "Fetch the Bolt Cutters" by uh, Fiona Apple. I just, I her music is crazy. It is crazy. She's just crazy. Yeah. She just really just like talk about like wearing your heart and your nerves and your yes. brain on your sleeve. I mean, she's just a, th- th- her music is just an open thing of nerves and, uh, and it's neurotic and it's uh, yeah, you really just can't ignore it. Um, I really think her last three albums have just been just really, really good. And um yeah, I just can't stop uh, listening to it. For a while, this was my favorite until others. What's your favorite song in the album? On uh, on Fetch the Bolt Cutters? Yeah. Uh, let's go to my favorite, uh, which I put onto my uh, best of favorite song is Heavy Balloon. Heavy. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. That would be my. I, I listened to Fetch the Bold Cluster, uh, Bold, Bold Cutters a couple days ago. Mine is I put. Uh, wait, I'm trying to find the title of it. I just put it on here. And you know what? I, uh, Shamika. Yeah. Shamika says I have potential. <laughs> what Fiona Apple is, is uh, 
there's a line in High Fidelity where Cusack's character says, I forgot who he's talking about, but it applies to Fiona Apple. It's she can't be background music. No, you have to, you have to listen to her attentively. <laughs> she is not <laughs> put it on and forget about it. It's true. You are you're listening to her in all caps. And she started as kind of a '90s kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a top forty type of. Uh... No, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't call her top forty. I'd say alternative. Yeah, kind of alternative. I mean, that was title. That was her first record in. I love that in, album in the '90s, but I didn't think that. But she went from there to. I mean, <laughs> I mean, wow. Um, what? Yeah, and she doesn't release her. She is definitely not prolific. No, she had extraordinary machine yep. and when the pawn, and I think one other one, and that's it before this one. Yeah, but she's only had like five albums in 20, 20 something years. Yeah, they're great, all of them. But I completely remember the first time I heard Shadow Boxer. I was like, "Who is that? What a voice!" Yeah, I thought that was an amazing song, and I've listened to that album a ton. And I have, I think I have at least two of her. I, I bought Fetch the Bolt Cutters, and I think I have. I have either, maybe I have one the pawn. I've listened to Extraordinary Machine. Am I missing one? Is there one other one? Yeah, there's one that's called The Idler Wheel is Wiser Than the Driver of the oh, Screw I listened, and yeah, Whipping I, Chords. But, I mean, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I've listened, I've definitely listened to all of them. She must be fun. I, she must be fun at parties. <laughs> well, she's had a rough, she's had some, she had her tra- traumatic event and I think she, um, I read, she had a, there was a really good article about her this year in, in the New Yorker, just talking about all the, her craziness and her process, her artistic process and everything. Yeah, she's, she's a lot. Oh, but the, the music, you can't deny the music. It's, uh, I look, I look forward to, I, I, when I heard she had a new album out, it's one of those where I like, oh, adding to the playlist, don't need to give it a trial run. I know it will be great. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It almost made my, uh, it should have definitely been in my honorable mention at least, but I, I, it's another one I think I need to listen to a couple more times. Yeah, there's no one like her. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You're not gonna, but that's what I read. I read one of the reviews of it and they, they were saying like she uses her time signatures differently than everyone else, whatever yeah. that means. <laughs> it's and uh, it's she's just really. I think she's made for critics because she, she she's so unique in what she does. Uh, Declan, you know, who is a musician, thinks she's great because of what you just said with the time signatures. Just she's the music dorks really go for her. Yeah, yeah. she just does interesting things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're a music critic and you listen to a million albums a year when something like this comes on you're like oh thank god this is right something i could get into something that's not something i've heard before it's something original yeah yeah and what she was your she was your number four yeah that was my fourth my number four is folklore oh my god <laughs> oh and much like Mandy Moore, like I talked about earlier, it feels like one of those 70s 
singer-songwriter albums to me, which is the stuff I really like. She uh, went that way, and um, I, I I have to say I need to give it more of a chance. The first time I listened to it, I was like, that's pretty good. Yeah, it is. It's it's. And we, we talked about her when I listened to Red. Like, Red, that I didn't listen to before, it just seems like a straight-up pop album. In 1989, I, you know, I liked a few of the songs. A few of the songs are really good, actually. But, you know, just a decent album. But this album, I think, is her best from what I've listened to. I've only oh, obviously s- listened to three of her albums, but... Say this is her best record. This one, well, I've only listened to three. I mean, she's got probably at least 10 albums, I would think, right? Because she's been doing albums since she was a teenager. Yeah. She's 30. I wonder how many albums she's had. Let me let me check that, B, while you tell us what your number three album is. My number three album is uh, RTJ4 by Run the Jewels, and uh, which is a hip-hop record, and just uh, uh, think it's terrific. The lyrics are just great. The production is um you know pretty awesome um you know they've been compared to you know public enemy and you know socially conscious they the lyrics are really powerful and um uh really uh you know point out injustices but also um kind of uh, it's funny uh also talks about unity uh as well and um i just it's very energetic, um, uh, real, a good music to exercise, a good album to exercise to, or if you want to, you know, just get energized. Um, can't say enough about it. Really good. Yeah, I listen to it. They remind me of NWA. Yeah, might just be might just be the the singer. Some of the, one of the singers sounds just like Ice Cube to me. But I've only listened to a couple times, so yeah, they definitely have kind of a retro. Another critical favorite. Yeah, they definitely have a retro kind of feel to them. So they're not from the '90s, but they're of the '90s for sure. Yeah, that's that's what I thought when I was listening to it. Yeah, but Taylor Swift has she has ten albums. Oh, I didn't realize she had she's had a couple in between. She had Reputation and Lover before Folklore. I did not know that. Yeah, I don't. Oh, maybe I did listen to Lover. Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember much from it, though. Reputation. Oh, I did. Yeah, Reputation I listened to. Reputation has Look What You Made Me Do and Getaway Car on there. I remember those two songs. So I've listened to four of her ten. But Folklore is her best. Okay. My, so yeah, Run the Jewels was your number three? That's my number three. My number three is Gigaton. Pearl Jam. Oh, uh, I, I, I suppose I should not be surprised. No, you shouldn't. Because these are all huge. 90s. <laughs> no, but I, I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan. I like all their albums. So, so they can do no wrong. You should be surprised it's not number one. I should be surprised by. Oh, I do. Is, I love it. I love the suspense them. is building for number one. <laughs> God. Uh, but you're you you were done with Pearl Jam after their first album. I really was. Um, I really. 
I kind of gave up on him. So maybe it's time to go back to him. Um, in that I, I really, I, I think I bought like three, I liked Vitology. I mean, I liked Vitology and I didn't hate verses. Um, uh, but it was, it was more like it went from great, like 10, I'm with you. 10 is one of the all-time great albums. Just awesome. And I think they just never surpassed it. So I, I keep waiting for another 10. And I just, it's unfair to them. To I love them. all their albums. So yeah. I'm not yeah. going to be objective about them. They were, uh, they also have the all-time worst album cover in history, which is 10, where they all stand in a circle with their, <laughs> their arms and a high five i don't even know what they're doing <laughs> like what is it what are they doing they're like who cares this is a great album <laughs> we're fucking pearl jams what <laughs> use my language <laughs> so uh so the gigaton by pearl jam that's your number three that's my number three so my the, the my second favorite album of the year is an album called Ultra Mono, and it's by the band. They're British, I believe, or they're from the UK. They're called Idols, I D L E S, and uh, they are they're kind of the critical darling of like old people like me, who like punk rock from the seventies and the eighties, like the Clash and. Um, uh, the Ramones and those types of punk rock. My question, very much in that you, vein. My question, to you. This is I never even heard of this. Where did you hear about this? I heard about them from a couple friends of mine from their first album, which came out, which I think is outstanding. And so that is one of my all-time favorite records of of the decade. And uh, the name of that album is called. Um, hold on. I can see it in my, um, or sorry, that was their third album or uh, Ultramano that, which just came out a couple months ago is their third album. Their second album, which I really, really dug is called joy as an act of resistance. And, uh, it went to number five in the UK. Didn't really chart in the U S. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably why I don't know about them i-d-l-e-s right i-d-l-e-s this album has gone to number one in the uk yeah and number three in ireland um and uh, number one in scotland but it's only i think it got as only as high as number 54 in the u.s um but it's more of the same it's just it's kind of just like punk rock high energy um type of the um you know hardcore kind of post-punk indie and uh pretty straight ahead uh but it's super energetic and uh i really like joy really 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 like joy's neck of resistance this one i need to listen to it more i don't think it's quite as good but on its own yeah i'm digging it so that's my number two my number two is gaslighter by the chicks Oh, the formerly the Dixie Chicks. Yes, and it reminds me of Lemonade by Beyonce, and that it is a scorned woman elm, which I seem to enjoy because this one's really good. Well, you're no stranger to heartbreak. 
Yeah. I don't have a spin doctor story to go with it. <laughs> Few do. I think I should uh, record my own album about my night with the spin doctor. <laughs> Everyone awaits beef. My first track is called You Lied. <laughs> Second it's, album it's, is Buy Your Own Drinks next time. Do you like them? Do you like the now called Chicks? Uh, I always put them in kind of the produ- overproduced kind of country. Mm-hmm. I never saw the big deal with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when they, and then when they went, they had their whole political awakening, I listened to, um, you know, the album that came out after that. And I was like, well, it's kind of more of the same, but that was, um, but I, that's really kind of, um, um where i left off with them and i haven't really given them a chance so but i've seen the chicks uh guests uh on on some uh top uh albums of the year so i'll uh i'll i'll uh i'll give them another i'll give them another shot yeah no i I like them a lot yeah this one's really good all right. Oh man. A drum roll for your the number one. Moment we have all <laughs> been waiting for. You've waited almost two hours and you're gonna get it. I see Declan peeking around the corner. <laughs> what? He's my favorite all night. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite album of the year was uh uh Dua Lipa Future Nostalgia. I just thought I I thought from pretty much top to bottom, with with the exception of the last two songs. Um uh, great and i it just great song great song it's obviously very 80s 90s you know very retro kind of feel and that's why I, I like it i'm sure and normally i try not to like albums that are just kind of like hey we're going after the old guys who remember madonna <laughs> and uh you know uh but uh so i i kind of like look at them with suspicion uh but and the lyrics are great um it's uh full of dance and sex and uh so yeah again you know i just creeped out half our listeners with that uh but <laughs> you're uh, right though you're right uh, uh but uh it's uh and the the best songs in my opinion if i had to even go is you know and go be above and um first of all the the all-time best song on there which I think is making a lot of um, people's list is levitating, which just that that song's ridiculous. It's so great. And um, it's just everything. It's got the hook. It's got the bridge. It's got the build. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it wouldn't sound out of place on a, you know, a Madonna or, you know, any type of, uh, but it, she kind of has her own sound uh too a little bit but levitating is uh is awesome the other one i like too is um break my heart um i just think that's excellent 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 and don't start now don't start now i put don't start now on my best of and i put good in bed yeah that's a good one and good, <laughs> I'm trying to find the lyrics. There's a there's a lyric in good and in good and bad that is really good. Um, I, I dedicate this verse to all that good pipe in the moonlight. <laughs> 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 all 
my second favorite after Tim McGraw's Slim Jim. <laughs> I dedicate this verse to all that good pipe in the moonlight. I, I don't Ooh, get that. I don't Linda. understand. Is she, um, is she a tobacco connoisseur? <laughs> is she a plumber? But everybody loves this album. I, I feel like it's not just like a pop dance album. There's something more to it. And that's why it's getting so many raves. Oh, I t- to me, you could honestly say tracks one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One through nine are phenomenal, great, terrific. And I'd have no problem with that. And it kind of drops off a little bit with Good and Bed and Boys Will Be Boys. Oh, I love Good and Bed. Great album. I mean, great song. Yeah. One of my what, two favorites on that one. What's your... Uh... Oh, I'm going to anger you because I, <laughs> I know you don't like her. My number one is Good Souls, Better Angels by Lucinda Williams. Oh, that's gotten a lot of good reviews. Yeah, but you're not a fan. No, I'm not. I don't like her voice. It's just something about her voice that just... I can see that. I can see that. If you don't like her voice. But I can't she get past it. Very, just every song in this album. It's just like what you're saying with Dua Lipa's album. It's every, and just, there's real strength to her singing to me and her lyrics. Just everything about it, really good. Yep. I need to listen to more of her stuff. I'm going to listen to her one that made the top 500. That's, uh, I forgot what it's called. Something like car gravel in the road. Yeah. In the yeah. Country. Right. Almost rock that, too. That's next on my list. But yeah, this album's great. Oh, but there uh, was so much, I mean, I feel like this was a really good year for music. There, there's a lot that I want to revisit. Definitely got to listen to Springsteen a few more times. McCartney. Yeah. ACDC. And, and just go back to even all the ones I just said, the top 10 and the honorable mention ones. And part of it might've been just being home so much. There's just more time to. Yeah. Right. You don't have a lot going on in your life and you're not distracted. You can kind of focus on listening to stuff more. Cause that was the 70 CDs. So, I mean, yeah, that's, so we, well, we had a lot of time on our hands for sure. Yeah, we had a lot of time on our hands. So we'll see what happens next year. All right. When we do this one live <laughs> for a studio audience, <laughs> people will be like, my number three album is uh, you know, Bad Bunny. And people will go, boo. <laughs> F you, Beef. I've told you, you know, music. My number one is. Taylor Swift sings falsetto to her parakeet. Boom. <laughs> her 12th album of 2021. My number one album is the French jazz absurdist <laughs> record by uh, the Nigerian yeah, trio. Was there no good jazz albums this year? There were. There were a lot of uh, really... They made my honorable mention. That's a, that's a whole new list. That's a personal... Just tell... <laughs> Seriously, what was your favorite jazz album that came out this year? My favorite album was called Right uh, Back Round Again and by uh, Joshua, by the Joshua Redman uh, Quartet. And he really uh, put together a all-star. It's like a super group. He put together a... So for any jazz uh, nerd of uh, this decade... Um, 
it's uh, Christian McBride, um, uh, Brian Blade on drums. So that rhythm section is crazy. Uh, so Joshua, after he retired from the Seahawks, he, he decided to play jazz? Enough. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, or it's just called Round Again. It's not called Right Back Round Again. It's just called Round Again. My, uh, and, oh, go so good. Sorry. Oh, and then Joshua Redman and Brad Meldow on the piano. It's terrific. Yeah. My favorite, of course, was Fedora Jasmine. Secret cuts from interludes at midnight and update to his classic smash interludes at midnight. Uh, a number one uh, record that uh, has inspired controversy. There were some people who said <laughs> people who wear fedora are not jazz people. <laughs> Have no uh, business calling themselves Jasmine. Agree to disagree. <laughs> uh. I spell his last name J-A-S-M-I-N-E, as in the scent. <laughs> Soil, this um, most American of art forms. We, well, we, we, we have a, up another merchandise update. I think we are going to have a prototype for the Fedora Jasmine t-shirts. So it's looking good, guys. Maybe 2021 will get even better. And you can proudly wear your Fedora Jasmine wardrobe. Uh, <laughs> you and the podcast audience cannot see my stone face. But let me assure you that it is most decidedly there. <laughs> you can oh pre-order on the Jag Bags Facebook page or Twitter or Instagram. Also, our email, which is B, what's our email again? Jagbagspodcast at gmail.com. You could also, I know normally the fax is only for complaints, but if you want to fax B in order, feel free. What for Fedora Jasmine merchandise? <laughs> yes. You know, the one good thing that I can say is that at least you did not put Haim on your top 10. You know what? I. I've listened to their album twice and I like it, but I felt I like I listened to it too. Yeah. And I, I just don't get it. I just, I, you know, I, I don't understand. Uh, uh, I do like it. I just didn't feel like I should put it in the top 10 just to spite you, but I do think it's good. I do think it's good. And I'm going to listen to it again. The world is disappointed. They wanted you to put it number one and then <laughs> no. just dance around. If I were to listen to it, if I were to listen studio. to it, <laughs> if I'd have listened to it like five times and I felt like I had a solid opinion on it, maybe I would have put it in the top 10 or honorable mention. But I feel like you got to give it at least one more listen. But there's a song on it called that I put on the best of called, I forgot what it's called. Let me, let me look it up real quick. Uh, while we're doing that, we want to welcome Tanya Roberts back to the world. Thank God she is alive and well. <laughs> I want to talk to her publicist because <laughs> I just need to know this story. <laughs> I just Crazy. need to know. Did Crazy. the publicist go rogue and be like, well, someone told me she's dead. I'm going with it. I'm contacting all the, contacting all the outlets. Tanya has treated me poorly ever since that 70s show. So I will spread a rumor about her a hurtful even though, even though maybe she like needed some quick cash 
I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, weird... Everybody's been buying the movie Sheena on DVD ever since the announcement. So maybe, maybe that was part of the, the grand ruse. I don't know. With one of the greatest lines. Have you ever seen the movie Sheena? Uh, long ago. It's one of the worst movies ever. It's, it's <laughs> Tanya Roberts and Ted Wass. And she plays like this jungle woman. <laughs> At one point, yes. I think Ted Wass has his shirt off. And she walks up to him and puts her hand on his chest and goes, You have fur, Vic Casey. <laughs> I have never laughed so hard in a movie theater in my life. <laughs> I love that you paid good money to see Sheena. Oh, it was probably a dollar. It was probably at the patio. Was it a date? No, I was with, I know Dan was with me. and I, Maybe Brian too. It was not a date. <laughs> hey, I only, gotta... I only do that for Spin Doctors concerts. So. Listen, I was invited to the Spin Doctors. Names the have, names have the been hand. changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> the Hame song I like is Summer Girl. Which is a total ripoff of Walk on the Wild Side. No, it's not. It absolutely is. Incorrect. I will prove it to you <laughs> next podcast. Well, you, we better. I think we, we run, we're up to like two hours. So, Oh, this is the, uh, by far our longest podcast ever. So let's talk about next week. Next week, we will be talking about our favorite movies. TV shows and books that came out in 2020. Did you read any books that came out in 2020? I have to go back and look at some of the newer ones that I read. I don't, I think that might be all you, Len. Okay. I read a lot so of books, we'll, but I don't think it was all 2020. Any of them are 2020, but okay. I'll go back. We'll check on that. So B might have, might have some books, but he'll definitely have TV shows and movies. For and I'll sure. talk about my favorite books. So that should be a good one. That'll be good. All right. Well, we're going to conclude this mammoth <laughs> slab of expertise. <laughs> and if you make it to the end of this podcast and you are hearing this, send us an email. I'm not even joking, saying I listened to it all the way through. And if you do, we will send you a Fedora Jasmine t-shirt. <laughs> You're going to uh, get so many emails now. Ah, we'll get hundreds from. We're not gonna. Uh, we're not gonna be able to keep up with the demand. You don't Jurgen, just lay that out there. Jurgen will be like, "Yes, please send all the Fedora Jasmine." That's yeah. You're gonna regret saying that. We're not gonna be able to keep up. <laughs> Let me call my staff. They're gonna have to learn how to print up T-shirts. Uh, more duties for them. Well, they're gonna be. They were gonna be. I was gonna give them a day off tomorrow, but. All right. No longer. Hold on, Dorothy. Listen, get everyone together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you. In, I'll see you there in about half an hour. Okay. Bye. Uh, well, I'll leave Len to his slave driving. And in the meantime, thanks for listening and tune in next week for our next uh, year in review uh, episode. And until then, check us out. And when you're ready to listen, put a little jag bags in your ear.